So the desire to sell, the lack of future generations wanting to continue the family business, combined with the investment money pouring into the field, has driven funeral home competition sky high. Given this information and the conversation that I've relayed to you uh, from Cana, I'd say some of these folks are preparing to sell now. Others may have already, and others may hear this podcast and decide to. I don't know. Who knows? But that's what I think is happening and what will continue to happen. And this conversation anecdotally was hard evidence for that. Welcome to the Direct Cremation Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Yamasaki and Will DeMichaelis. Hi, and welcome to the Direct Cremation Podcast. My name is Will DeMichaelis, funeral home consultant and former manager of the Omega Society, a cremation brand that serves over 4,500 families per year. Here with you for another solo episode. For those of you hardcore Direct Cremation Pod fans, you may be wondering where Tyler is. Tyler's fine. He's enjoying his new Toyota Sienna. Just kidding. He's kindly letting me take the lead on some of these shorter episodes. In this episode, I'm going to share a conversation about bankruptcies for death care businesses. I had a conversation at the Cana Convention in D.C. with an experienced vendor and career death care professional about the state of the profession from the business side. I won't disclose her name because I didn't ask her permission. She has hundreds of funeral homes as clients and has been in the industry for 30 years. So that's kind of the setup to the story. The week before the Cana conference, she had four of her clients call her and say they're thinking about filing for bankruptcy, and we have to talk about it. But before we do, as always, check out the links in the description for Parting Pro and the WD Group Consulting Relationship Marketing Masterclass. Okay, so let's dive in on these bankruptcies. Now, I know that this is an anecdotal conversation, but I think it's worth bringing up. So. The lady I was speaking to has about three decades of experience in the industry and hundreds of clients all over the U.S. She said in her experience, she's never gotten calls like that. And to have four in one week is unheard of for her and her colleagues. So when she said this, I was alarmed and intrigued. So I asked her, what are some of the common themes of the people that called you among these four companies? Where were, what were the, th- the things that overlapped among them? And some of the things she says were pretty clear. Um, they had low sales and dwindling case numbers. Generally, they're in rural areas. Um, they're traditional, smaller firms. Um, and they just haven't really kept up with the times. Um, So I asked her, what feelings did they express when they talked to you and had this conversation with you? Because it must be scary to feel like the walls are closing in and actually pick up that phone and and call uh, that person or your accountant and say, I'm struggling and I think my business is about to go under. So what were they feeling at that moment to force them to call you? So what she said was, again, really interesting and I think thematic of the industry over the last couple of years and probably over the next several years as well. Clients were worried and they didn't know what to do. Their businesses were failing slowly but surely, and they felt like 
they had no other options and they were being painted into a corner. She said that the clients felt like they were behind in taking the right actions and have become inert from the stress and anxiety of the predicament they're in. And now they're giving up because they believe it's too late. So I really feel for these people on the phone and these companies that are going through this. Funeral directors are empathetic, compassionate, helpful people. And I I hate to see good people like that struggle. And that's really tough. So I wanted to bring that out in the open. So some of the other things that she, she mentioned more specifically about being behind and not doing the right things. She mentioned that these were firms that didn't have an online presence. They felt like they were in a rural area and they didn't really need to. They didn't have any digital ads running and uh, really didn't run any type of relationship or non-paid channel marketing for their companies. And it sounds like they hadn't really been doing this for a while. So from what I gathered, it kind of sounded like they were more traditional firms on autopilot. So not really geared towards building a moat and growing. So when I hear this, I wonder, um, and this is part of the conversation again I had with this, this person at Cana, are they the canary in the coal mine? And if yes, who's next? So I've thought about it being in the canary a lot. And I think we've touched on this topic tangentially at length in other episodes and in other ways. But if I were a betting man, I'd put my money on these companies being the canary in the coal mine. Some may be too late to stay afloat and will go out of business or sell. Others will have time to get ahead of these trends and take the necessary actions to save themselves and thrive. For those who don't take this action and can't stay afloat and decide to sell, my guess is that they will sell for lower valuations than they otherwise could have if they made some key changes going into that process. So then who's next? Well, it's really hard to tell and uh, we'll certainly see, but I think some context from an NFDA survey really highlights what those firms are going through and what certainly other firms that have sold are going through and will continue to go through in the next four to five years. And uh, there's a This NFDA survey found that 27% of owners plan to sell their business or retire within five years. So the desire to sell, the lack of future generations wanting to continue the family business, combined with the investment money pouring into the field, has driven funeral home competition sky high. Given this information and the conversation that I've relayed to you, Uh, from Cana, I'd say some of these folks are preparing to sell now. Others may have already, and others may hear this podcast and decide to. I don't know. Who knows? But that's what I think is happening and what will continue to happen. And this conversation anecdotally was hard evidence for that. So I'm interested to see what kind of evidence I find at these conferences in the next few months and in the next year. I hope this is some wake up call or warning if you think some of this applies to you. And if you think this doesn't apply to you, then kudos to you. And I'm sure your business is doing quite well. Lastly, I want to talk about what we can do about it. So we have this state of the profession where small funeral homes are 
closing all over the U.S. or getting bought up by large firms. And it's causing really, really stressful and anxious times for those business owners and funeral directors who, you know, may not be doing the right things or, you know, maybe doing the right things and just have workforce retention issues or management issues or has a string of bad luck. So I think the best thing that we can do is bring the conversation that I had at Cana to you guys on this podcast and talk more about it so that you can be proactive in your actions. I think the more that we talk about it, the more proactive folks can be about getting help, which is the most important thing in my opinion. I thought this was one of the most interesting conversations I've had with a death care professional, and I really thought it was worth bringing up. Let us know in the comments what you think of the state of the profession and how you see the whole scenario playing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you ever want to know more, please find us at directcremation.com. 